You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Hello, Sid Talk. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to After the Show. <laughs> the clickety clack of the chair. Yeah. It's it, not going away. So one day you will don't get Don't look at me chair. like. Yeah. Um, Welcome There's lots to... of new chairs. There's just me that is the problem. True. Oh, yeah. You could use a dining room chair. I've tried it. Don't like it. it doesn't, they don't click. Yeah. All right. So what's the before, the after the show discussion? You telling me stuff about a game or something. I wasn't fully listening. I wasn't telling you about a game. <laughs> you were here showing me that lady in a new outfit. Oh, I was playing Destiny. Yeah. Right. That's not a new game. It's an old game. But I'm just saying, that's what it was. You was telling me about something you discovered in your game. That your game mm-hmm. that I wasn't paying attention in to. In City Skylines, I can actually add whole huge blocks of land. Didn't know that till I was watching a video for something else. Which is, I always thought because people complained about Sim City, being very constrained. The new one that you you mm-hmm. could only do a little bit of building and then you'd yeah. Once you're done, you're done. And that's why I thought this was. And I always thought, why do I have this big map that I can make? And now when I know that eventually split. I can have the entire map, and that is awesome. Like, right now I've expanded, but it's kind of a problem because it keeps telling me I need lots more people, and I'm sure these people that are listening don't care. But I say, uh, if you like city-building games, ignore <laughs> the SimCity game by EA, the latest one. Don't ignore it. I mean, you can get as much well, fun Well, don't pay $60 for that. I don't think it is anymore. It is. I, I was on Origin yesterday. It's still $60. But you bought it for me, and I did love it. It just, it's... City Skylines is... You run out of things to do. Um, Like half the price, and probably... It, well, a lot of the SimCity team who left EA... I thought this was only $20. For the expansion, not for the main game. The main game's $40, and then was it? the expansion. But um, a lot of people left EA, the SimCity team, and went and made this. So there's a lot of SimCity in there, you know? So City Skylines. We recommend it, and we don't get a kickback or anything from and it. that is the show. Thank you for listening. So it is um, not. It's not Saturday, December the 12th. Um, but you will be listening to this on that the week after that Saturday. And this is after the show number 405. Uh, now, let's just back up a bit, because this person could be listening to this in the year 2025. If you're new. I if mean, if listen, you listen you to, listen to listen us to currently. This in 2018, you could listen in... 2518 if something discovered and there's a hard drive somewhere that happens to have this and they're listening to it you'd never know somebody probably yeah in the future <laughs> everything's any digital so the thing. sound of my voice and us playing these stupid games and the irrelevance of it all will just really hit in if the person listening right now is like man you guys were alive over 100 years ago you do not matter anymore <laughs> grim do you think they would sound like that <laughs> yes. whatever that accent was <laughs> I think there'll be no accents in a hundred years. Everybody will just talk exactly the same. It'll be like, hello, everybody. Everybody will be like robots. (laughs) So, um... Write that movie. Yeah. So the movie we're looking at this week, because we're a Blu-ray review uh, show, and we review movies, and this week's is Terminator Genesis. Uh, It's a 2015 movie. You can get it now on Blu-ray. It's PG-13, which a lot of people diss this movie for because they wanted it to be R-rated like the other ones. But uh, I 
don't think it mattered. So uh, it's from Paramount, and we're looking at the Blu-ray, and Sid Talk, give us a synopsis of Terminator Genesis. Synopsis without spoilers, please. It's a little confusing, but it is um, Sarah Connor and, I forget his name. Kyle Reese. (laughs) Kyle Reese and Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, former Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, and uh, John Connor. Saving and or trying to end the world as Correct. a group. And um, that's about it. I mean, Skynet may, may or may not big be. Big Doctor Who is in there with a bit of time travel. So we got that thrown in through the mix. And um, there's no Doctor Who's not in this. He's Doctor Who. A guy who Matt played, Smith yeah, is Doctor I, I, Who. I, I, and there's time travel. The way you're saying it is like they actually <laughs> merge the franchises together. No, <laughs> well, no. Do, okay, that <laughs> is that would be a good direction to go. So, I was thinking about that. We've never had a Doctor Who, right? In, that I can in remember, Terminator. That I can remember. No, a Doctor Who episode. Or a place where he goes where a Time Lord, who can has their own version of the TARDIS, is actually like a sleazy business person or has stumbled on an industry where they've made a whole world like an amusement park based on time travel. <laughs> of course we've not had that. It's so specific. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Doctor he's trying to figure out why shit's going wrong everywhere all of a sudden. And what's happened is they've they've cropped up this world that's like an amusement park, but it's all based on this guy making loads of, or woman, making loads of money, having people pay them to take them to different time frames in all of the universe of all timelines and be able to do what they want. You need- they don't adhere to the rules like he does. They will. He he lets them do whatever they want, and so time is just fucked up. Everywhere. So you need to write to Stephen Moffat and tell him that <laughs> it's not romantic enough for him, is it? <laughs> I think um, that's a good one. So yeah, that's what Termi- Terminator Genesis is about. It's about Doctor Who, and he's um <laughs> no, no. So uh, let's um, start with your um. Where do the Terminator movies sit with you? Well, this isn't all the movies. This is one movie. No, this... no, this is a question. Nothing's... Okay. The Terminator series. Where where was you first introduced to it? What's your opinion of it? That's the question. It's a multi part question. Number one, I don't remember when I was first introduced to it. I'm sure I watched the original one in the '80s at some point. I don't remember seeing it more than once or twice. It would have been on HBO or rented on video. Of course, I've always liked anything that's time travel or future destruction of things and of course in the 80s we had built-in fear of nuclear holocaust and so that played right into that so i remember it very distinctly then watching terminator 2 i didn't have the exact same experience you did because you will tell us the story of when you watched it the best the theater. yeah <laughs> like oh my god movies have changed forever you know that kind of thing i did love it because that also it's holds just up. like whoa whoa the action and everything you know that's really as much as i hold to it is that it's, we saw the third one. What my problem is now, go the whole of the story. Is that you? Each of these movies can't stand up on its own. I don't think the original, yes, but then it's contained, isn't it? The second one can't stand up on its own because it relies on you knowing all the the first stuff, and the third one can't at all because it's kind of a wash, I think, a little bit. And this one relies on you heavily having an emotional you connection. About, you forgot about the fourth one, Did which I? we've never seen yet. <laughs> the fourth one, I don't Christine know about. Christine Bale plays him, plays him. We've never seen that oh, one. Oh, yeah, I've never seen that one. It was by McGee. Okay, so I've never seen that one. That one doesn't <laughs> have my radar. But I don't... I like the kernel of the idea 
right? Of the whole of it. Yeah. Okay. So set that aside. I like that a lot. I like time travel, I like robots, I like future dystopians and all that kind of shit. You know, age of the robots and everything. Stuff, Stuff and shit. But if I take this one off on its own, I can't even get my head to understand what's going on as it's on its own. Like if I'd never seen any of the other Terminator stuff, I can't grasp it all. I have to have known stuff. Like they rely on you having lived th- in this I universe. I was thinking, do you have to know? Yes, you do. Because they do a lot of explanation. Yeah, but it's not enough. It's not enough for you to care or to really grasp the, you know, you're not there when she stands at the fence and sees and, you know, her memory, like the whole thing blowing up and you don't have the the fear of the nuclear holocaust and built into it the way that we would have had, you know, none of that's there. So this is simply future, past, time travel, something bad's going to happen and we're going to loop around, loop around, loop around, loop around, loop around and, you know, try to solve it before it happens and then it happened so we have to go back after it happened and fix it before it happens. But then we're going to go way back before it ever happens. Because in this one, we're going back to when... Not in this movie, but in the story, we've gone back to when she was a little girl, right? So the Terminator has gone back. She's a little girl. And then, you know, we meet up with her later. And then we have her son. And we have the, her her man is going to be involved there at some point. I don't know what spoilers you think would happen. This is Terminator. It's not like it's not like well, big shock of any kind, except for you're saying like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the trailers of this movie actually gave loads of stuff away. If you ever saw the trailer for this movie, I'm telling you, all the major things are in that movie in that trailer. It's a really bad trailer. I I was you know while we were watching this movie and I had seen the trailer. I don't, I don't know if you had. I had those feelings of I haven't seen this movie, but I had those feelings of yeah, oh yeah, I've seen that bit. I've seen that bit. I've seen that bit. I've seen that bit, and that was because of that trailer. So. Try and avoid that trailer if you haven't already. If you've seen that trailer, it's a lot of the story, including some of the really big reveal moments, are in that trailer, which is ridiculous. Are we idiots? <laughs> so, yeah, my uh, experience with the Terminator thing is I saw the second one first. I never saw the first one. So I went to the cinema and saw the second one, and I've, told, I've said it before. I'd seen lots of movies in the cinema, you know, I saw that one and I was like, holy cow, you know, the special effects, the whole thing is like some, I can't believe what we can do now. Then I went home and rented the second one, uh, the first one, and watched the first one after it. So the second one worked for me without seeing the first one. Um, And then we saw the third one when it came out, and yeah, I think that one was actually terrible. It was... I'll, I'll, I'll tell you now, James Cameron has gone on record. Of saying that McGee's one, the fourth one, and the third one are nothing to do with the Terminator. As far as he's concerned, Terminator Genesis is Terminator Three, in his huh. in his mind of of the world of Terminator. So those two kind of and the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Apparently, I never watched the TV show, but it does a load of stuff that ruins the movies, like because they mess with the timeline and. Then in the movies they did something else at the same timeline, so he he also pointed out that that isn't part of it. But so that's my experience. I, I've loved the Terminator movies. You know, uh, when I saw Aliens, which was James Cameron's Alien movie, 
And then I saw Terminator 2. That was what made me a big fan of James Cameron. I was like, he can do, you know, his movies are going to always going to be amazing. And they always have been. So Terminator Genesis, this new one, I had really low expectations because I'd heard really bad things about this movie. I'd heard that it was a bad movie, like a really bad Terminator movie. Now, so I had low expectations going in. And I had seen that trailer, so I'd seen a lot of it, <laughs> like I say. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised because I enjoyed the entire ride of it. Um, what this is, this movie, and I do, like you just said, I don't think it works. If You you have to be a Terminator fan. You, I don't think you could just come in at this and go, oh, that was awesome. On a base level, maybe. But none of the intricacies of it. What this is, is, is a fan service movie. It's like... Are you a fan of the Terminator? Do you remember all the things in the Terminator? Do you remember the years they went to? Do you remember when Arnold looked this way? Do you remember this, this? Remember the arm being left behind? Do you remember yeah. John, uh, Robert Patrick with these spiky arms? Do you remember all those things? Well, we're going to do them all again. But we're going to remix it in a way, like, where time travel's involved. Well, time travel's always involved. Always involved. But in this one, it's right up front and centre. It's yeah. convenient. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a huge Star Trek world fan, right? And in there we have the wobbly, wibbly, crookedy line, time travel-y kind of stuff can happen. Where if you do this back here and then that happens in the future and this disappears. You know, same as Doctor Who. But there is a line where all of a sudden everything goes really fuzzy for me. Understanding exactly... Okay, explain to me. Well, I mean, I don't really need to explain. It's like we have the three, the two generations. We have the couple who have the kid. We have the kid. Now the kid's, he was, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I understand that he figured out who his father was. So then he went back to make sure he was okay. Then raised him. Yeah. <laughs> but not knowing that the, that everything had, was different. And so by the time it's time to send the son back to save the mom, because she's going to be this helpless woman knowing nothing, it's different. Yes. But see, that doesn't make 100% sense. It only makes sense because they wanted us to see the love story. I do, I do think there is a um, something. Uh, there are some things it's where much. it's a bit messed up. But, yeah. But in general, and this is how I see the movie, yes, if you think... If you think deeply into the timey-wimey thing, <laughs> you might find some weirdness that you can't explain. But as far as like fan service and Terminator goes, I was entertained the entire time. I liked everybody in it. I thought it was a good cast. I thought the special effects were really good, and I'd heard people say special effects were bad. I was like, no, special effects are really good. This Even like a CG Arnold when he was like young, which I was like, that's cool because... Yeah, usually we'd be like, like in Tron, we'd be like, oh, wow, that's a really bad CG, the dude, because he's really supposed to be in the real world as the dude talking to his son. Yeah, he looks like a computer program, but he's not supposed to be, so it looks shitty. But in this, Arnold's supposed to be a robot, so him as young Arnold walking, I thought it was really good. Like, I was like, wow, that's good special effects. I buy young Arnold. I like the humor in this movie. There was quite a lot of humor, which they've they've done in all the Terminator movies. But I think mostly what I really enjoyed was all the callbacks to all the other movies. Like it, it was like 
if you're a Terminator fan, it was like all the checklists were done. Like it was like, yeah, the T1000, yeah, and then even even to go on top of all that, you you might be thinking, oh, it's just all the stuff from the other movies. No, there are things that are new to this movie that are cool, really, really cool, like a new Terminator. That um, its power. Mm, when it's you th- very cool. when you thought liquid metal guy was like as, <laughs> as good as it could get, like this guy is, you know, that's so, true. I really really like that. So they did build on top of it, um, and I really liked everybody, and I liked the the action is really good. There's some really cool set pieces. One with the acid in that room. Yeah, really good. Um, just things, you know. I, I felt like the ending was very typical Hollywood. Like let's have a fight thing. Yep. And kind of those kind of endings to me now, and they just, they just use them so much in Hollywood. It's almost like they don't know what else to do. But I've, I mean, yes, you gotta have a bad guy and a good guy fighting, maybe, or maybe they don't have to fight. Maybe they use the brains to outwit each other or something, like in Batman or whatever. But when they come down to like a fight, and that's the end of the movie, like it, it all boils down to a fight. It always disappoints me a little bit. I'm like, okay, they're gonna fight each other, aren't they? But in this movie. They kind of fight each other, but they're really powerful. So maybe they'll smash each other through walls or something. It'll look interesting. But I, it, I kind it of looks ex- good though. But I expect it. Like it's very expected that the ending. I'm not spoiling the ending because, but there is a fight. Yeah. Like in most movies like this, where they ends up in. But a fight. the power is what I like about the fights in these movies, particularly since number three. I did like the woman Terminator. Yeah. That fight in the bathroom. Yeah, really good. Like really like. Really powerful, like she's the when someone hits a wall. You're like, oh, you the Terminatrix it. is the only thing they didn't really call back to here. Like they didn't have a new one, or well, they did, but she didn't do anything. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah, it was pretty much a bleh, yep. a, a, a show, shit show. So, what did you think uh, overall? Just on the, uh, uh, you know, it's entertaining. I had a good time. I felt like it was a little bit, like I said, com- not confusing. Like I can't figure out what they're trying to do. But confusing as in they've muddied the water of the time travel, how to actually prevent this thing from happening. That's what we're talking about. If you go all the way back to, say, the day Sarah Connor's born, <laughs> right, and then move forward in time, is there or is there not going to be a nuclear holocaust, which is what our nuclear, everything gets blown up by nu- because Skynet's invented Blows up the whole place. This is from the other movies, right? Now we're playing on that because we have to know that yeah. for this movie. That's why I bring it up. They don't explain it fully. Well, just the, briefly. That voiceover at the beginning. Very briefly. That goes on for quite a long time. Yeah, but doesn't explain the whole stuff. of it, though. Like, to me. I mean, he even says things like, you know, Sarah Connor, blah, blah, blah. He, 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 he recites plots from the other movies. Like, yeah, but it's not really enough for you to get fully caught up, I don't think. So I just need to know... This is my problem with time travel. You're on a loop. It doesn't matter what you do. And so if you're on a loop, then your franchise can come back every 10 years and make a new movie. Pretty much the exact same movie, but with a couple little turns of the uh, sonic screwdriver. (laughs) And, okay, turn on another one and another one. And I don't mean just moving forward in the story, because you can't, because you're in a loop. Yeah. If it didn't happen in this year because Skynet got brought down on this particular year, then we're going to make our time travel go back three years before until we meet Sarah Mathers, Sarah Connor's mother. And then what we're going to find out is that we're going to have to go back in to 1895 and meet her grandfather because he invented something that whatever. And it seems like 
so okay, what's my what's in my story arc? Like I've got a whole story. Is there an end? If there's no end, like Matrix, I think kind of sums that up in a good way. Like there's actually no end in that until the one person does the thing that has to be done to end it all, right? And bring everybody out of the Matrix into the real world and start building the world again. Is that fair? This doesn't seem to have an end. I was going to say, the ending of all five of these movies is almost the same thing yeah. anyway. Yeah, always, always, always. For Skynet But to, it, while you're watching it, take down I can criticize it overall like that, but while I'm watching it, I'm having a good time. Yeah, exactly. I'm a little amazed at the special effects. I'm, I like the guy who played the Liquid Terminator. I liked her. I liked I liked Arnold in it, which I was surprised because I'm like, uh, but they let him... And his I friend was, be like really in really involved in the fights. I, I thought, thought he'd be nothing. I thought Arnold Term- Arnold Terminator Guardian is called in this was the best version of Arnold Terminator I have seen because I think he says less though. He says less. He's not as cheeky. There's a couple True. of cheeky moments except so, for the yeah, <laughs> which is just from the other movies. They're just calling back. But what I really loved about him is I felt that he cared for Sarah Connor. And that was his mission, and that was his program, to look after her, no matter what. And I did in the other movies, but in this one, he almost, well, he did. He had, like, a his routine in his head, because he is a robot, had gone a bit above and beyond him being a robot. There's some feelings to him. I thought that was an interesting uh, twist on him, you know, to, to actually, he, he cared for her. Like, she cared for him, he cared for her. It wasn't just an assignment, I don't think. In fact, there's a bit where it, where there's a time travel thing where he said, I'll go the long way, which reminds me of um, Doctor Who, where Rory, what's he called, Rory? Yep. Where he takes the 2,000-year-old soldier. Yeah, he takes the long way. It reminded me of that, and I was like, yeah, you know, this guy, yes, he's programmed to do this, but look what he did, like, you know, for... So I really liked Arnold's version of the... Um, it wasn't quite as daft, you know, at, at the beginning, when uh, he landed and he, the other guy, and went up to the dudes and said, I need your clothes, I was like, oh no, they're going to do this again. But they didn't do that again. You know, the funny, like he's going to wear some stupid clothes. Because who were they? Punks. So I was like, oh no, they're going to have a punk Terminator. This is going to be silly. They, they restrained themselves from that. So I appreciate that. I appreciate the whole thing, actually. I just thought, you know, I've not seen Terminator for some time. Now I want to go and see Terminator Salvation, which we do have. We've never seen. I want to see what Christian Bale did with John Connor, like to, you know, because he's interesting and maybe he'd. <laughs> I'm getting the feeling that it that that movie is probably the same story again. But um, I'm interested to see that. What happened to McG, by the way? When I mentioned McG, where did he go? He was the all the rage, wasn't he? No point? clue. It wasn't a rage. He just did a couple things. Charlie's Angels. Um, I don't think that made him a rage. Catwoman, the the awesome Catwoman, and. Uh, <laughs> And Terminator. He was in in amongst the big movies for a while, and then poof, he's gone. So uh, back on topics, um, let's go for the cast of Terminator Genesis. So Arnold Schwarzenegger returns. He isn't called the Terminator. He's called Guardian. Like I just said, I really enjoyed him in it. I enjoyed that they used him at, at his normal age, what he is now, uh, as well as that CGI young version of him, which was cool. Did you find him good? I mean, it's not like... Yeah, I said I liked him. Yeah, it's not like an acting role anyway, because he's a robot, right? And there's not a lot of... I did, really did like the scene, though. I thought it was really good, like, where he's with Jai Courtney, and they, he, they were reloading the gun. Yeah. Uh, and he, and he, he his hand was shaking, and he looked at him, and he said, I'm old. 
I really like that. That you was said a that good like char- five times before that. Yeah, but a good character moment that. Like where, you know, there's a robot and there's a man and they can, there's no relationship, but there was something there like to, where it was, he wasn't talking to a robot anymore. He just, so, um. Just so you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger is not a robot. <laughs> some say he is. <laughs> Jason uh, Clark plays John Connor. What did you think of him? He's an Australian actor. You probably know him, but don't know where you know him from. Um, he was all right. I mean, he's fine. I'm very, I'm very neutral. Unfortunately, I thought there were moments when I thought he sort of elevates it a little bit, but then I don't feel like they said, "Oh, he has charisma and he has all this charm." And I was like, I didn't see that at all. His rousing speech at the beginning didn't feel like he was. I don't rousing. feel like that nope. was very. I didn't realize. I didn't think. He got me interested enough to want to save him or believe that he's actually the badass that he must be to have gotten as far as he did. None of that. So I don't know if that's him or the lines. So I was very neutral. Not negative because he was fine. And there were moments when I was like, oh, yeah, he's, you know, said some of the lines pretty good. And I, that sounds really condescending. He said, the, he said the lines very good, very well. I had but no I just, um, complaints about him. He was he's functional. <laughs> Every actor's not, oh, dream. Not <laughs> yeah. uh, he's functional in the past. Uh, Amelia Clark plays Sarah Connor, and Sarah Connor has been played by several. Well, Linda Hamilton. Her. Who else played her? It's all I know. Cersei from Game of Thrones played her. That I, I didn't even know that existed. So that's not the Sarah Connor Chronicles. That went on for like three three seasons, I think. Um, so Amelia Clark, we all know from uh, Game of Thrones. She's Khaleesi. What did you think? I think she's fine. I felt like she, again, and I don't know if I'm just brainwashed, but I didn't feel the sort of like... Tough. Yeah. Like Linda Hamilton really feels tough. uh, She's over the top tough for me. So that I always thought that was a little bit over much, like too much because she's mental as well. So, or, you know, kind of weak and just... Yeah, she had muscles on her body, but that didn't make me feel like she was like... Okay, when I watch Ripley... By aliens, not the first one because she don't know what the hell's going on. But by the second one, where she's there's something that happens in that character that's just like, fuck this alien, <laughs> you know, like this young lady never does that for me. I don't. I she was fine. I enjoyed her a lot of times, and I think she was totally functional. Again, I think it might have been the way it was written and directed. That didn't give these characters any guts. None of them have big like she, massive. She guts. felt vulnerable. I thought. Which was good, because she's not actually just a badass. She's, there's layers to her. She's scared, she's, you know, trying to survive this thing with only what she knows, when she doesn't know everything. Um, And then she's badass in parts, right? I felt that she was when she was, you know, really getting down with the guns and stuff. Kind of. You know? And they didn't try and sex her up like fully. No, that was good. She was Little she was bit. never like sexy outfits or anything like, which I thought, oh no, they're going to do that with her, but they didn't. She's just in like military kind of outfits and stuff. So yeah, I think she did all right. But again, she's not outstanding to me anyway. Not even in Game of Thrones, she's not like an outstanding actress or anything. So in this, she just comes across as like, yeah, she's a cute, and she's. Almost trying to be 
badass, but she maybe isn't that isn't as badass as as she likes to think. Uh, Jai Courtney uh, plays Kyle Reese, and we've seen Jai Courtney recently in uh, the movie that I always forget the name of, The Water Diviner. Yeah, The Water Diviner. He was also in. Uh, he's, in he's been in a few. He's a Australian actor. What What did you think of him? I liked him, but again, there was no moment of like, ugh, you know. And this is a person who we're led to believe has lived his entire life fighting the robots, fighting against, you know, Skynet, fighting it all. And then he's still not grizzled and hardened. And, you know, again, maybe I'm being brainwashed by all the other. But if I think of a story where a dude has lived his entire existence in that future, where there are no homes, he doesn't know what a waitress is. There is no structure of any kind except rebelling against these machines fighting, that are yeah. mercilessly killing humans, right? And he's still just blank a little bit, like a little bit blank. I actually think he's always. Maybe he would be stunned. Well, like, I think he's always like a little bit blank in every single movie, right? It's just like he was. It was also in um, the one with the Rock, Hercules. Um. I feel like he's. I feel like that's what how he is. Like he's always a bit blank. <laughs> he actually reminds me a lot in his style of acting of the guy from Avatar, the main guy in Avatar, Sam Worthington. It's kind of. It's like serviceable his acting. It's not like there's no there's not tons of emotion to him. And in this movie, he had chance to be like super emotional. There was some emotional scenes here, but. He just came across tough, so maybe that was the point. He didn't come across tough to me. He well, to me, like, neutral. like he came across as like his uh, emotional part has just been like Never blanked developed. from all the from nothing, just fighting. That's all he's used to, right? Just yeah, but that's not that doesn't tell you that doesn't. It's very hard to translate. You know, we yeah. don't get any sob stories. We don't get any moments of clarity. We don't get any like. Aha moments. We don't get any ass kicking moments. We don't get any like broken well, down. I can't believe what I never had kind of moments ever. It's all like, well, when I was raised, there was a what's a waitress? You're who? You're what? We're what? This is what? I mean, that he that's does how ass I, kick a little bit. I have to say, not really yeah. serviceable, as you say about the other guy. Um, J.K. Simmons is in here as O'Brien. Is is like the comic relief character, really? <laughs> When you actually boil it down. But I really enjoyed him because he had like a different... If you watch J.K. Simmons in Whiplash last year, this is the uh, the opposite performance to that. It's more of a funner... He's the he's the dude who understands what's happening. Isn't he? He's that guy. Like like in the real world, people would say, oh, he's the nutter, the tinfoil hat guy. He, he Don't listen to anything he says, but he actually understands what's going on with this. I know who you are and I know what's happening here. So... Yeah, he's just thrown in for fun, but I really liked him. I hope he returns in some other Terminator movie. Uh, and to, not not spoiling anything, anybody can return in any Terminator movie, right? Yes. <laughs> because... That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's a timey-wimey, wobbly thing where it doesn't matter. You're just literally... You're never going to come to a conclusion. Just like with Doctor Who... We've been told multiple times that there's some big, huge cyber war that happens, and you get under the impression that, well, that's the end of days then, kind of. But it isn't. Because then things happen, and we go forward, and everything's fine over here. And, you know, so 
time travel, if it's not done in a way that you can either just blow it off and go, okay, I get it, I get it, we've traveled around, because the story I'm watching is so interesting, I can excuse that part, or the time travel is the thing that blows your mind, like in the original Terminator. That we have a Terminator who's come back, and that that all fits, because you're not messing with it, you know? I don't think. So, um, finally, uh, Matthew Smith, he used to be known as Matt Smith, he's now Matthew Smith, he's grown up, <laughs> plays Alex, and uh, what did you think of him? Uh, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, he's just Matthew Smith. Didn't do much. The best thing I've seen Matthew Smith in, um, actually better than Doctor Who, is um, Ryan Gosling's movie that came out. Oh, yeah, year. definitely. That is my yeah. favorite Ma- Matthew Smith performance. So you should see that. Lost River. Um, yeah, it's really, really interesting. Like, it's like an improvised thing, and you, like, got really into this part. It was like a serious, I'm going to be this dude. That's how it felt to me. Like, he wasn't being Matt Smith anymore. So, um, extras, there are a couple on this Blu-ray. Three, to be precise. Let me get it. I'll move away and get it. Here we go. So, there are um, Family Dynamics, which we watched. What is it, really? What was it? Why was it called Family Dynamics? It was casting. Yeah, just, yeah, that's all it is. They go through each person, how they cast them, why they cast them. That's pretty much it. There's uh, Infiltration and Termination, Shooting on Location, which is that that one's about. And there's one called Upgrades, which is about the special effects. So there's only three um, items and there's no director commentary, which uh, I would have liked to hear a director commentary. Talking to the director, this is directed by Alan Taylor. He also directed Thor The Dark World, which is my favourite Thor movie. I really like that one. He also directed lots of episodes of Game of Thrones, Mad Men and Deadwood. So he he came from TV, basically. Thor The Dark World was his first movie and then this one. Um, What did you think of Alan Taylor's directing on this movie? I feel like there's not enough strength in the whole of it. I think he was... I like the overall vibe. That it's not super cheeky. It's not, you know, but then I'm going to say this. I like a movie that commits to something one way or the other. Making it PG-13 means it can't be super gory Mm -hmm. and gut-wrenching. Because it hasn't been written well enough to be gut-wrenching without the gore. And it's no gore, so you can't be like, oh my god, these... I mean, if you're seeing camps in the beginning where robots are, are just... Like hurting humans and basically killing them all, and yet all you're seeing is what looks like a 1980s version of a bunch of people in scraggy clothes with a robot with a gun, and that's it. Like it's not. I always remember that scene in Terminator 2 where he calls to see if his is it his parents are all right, and Robert Patrick is is already there, and he's, he's he answers the phone, and then the camera pans very slowly, and he he's got his sharp knife arm. And it goes through the guy's head and through the milk carton and just punches him into the wall, like. Right. And and I was always like, oh, that is a horrible. Like, he's already, you know. Right. And you feel dripping. the threat. Yeah. Now I'm not saying I need gore all the time because there are movies, other movies that are quite like, um, Cop Car, where you feel an ominous dread happening, and there's not hardly any until we get to a certain point. But I mean, Kevin Bacon is creepy enough. To make you feel like, uh, uh, the whole time. So I think the directing was 
a little bit of ass kissing because we got Arnold on the cassette. We got other good actors. And I think that this director is a little bit touchy feely. And he relied, I think, heavily on the people around him to make the movie look as good as it did. It looks cool. Yeah, it really does. It doesn't look too cheap. It doesn't look, you know, I mean, like. I thought it, it moved look... well. The, the pace is good. Yeah. It never. It doesn't... But I don't know that those things are down to him. No. It's edited well. It's got good. But I don't know. I don't feel like he's strong enough. And that comes through, doesn't it? There's not a lot of... The fights are pretty It's not powerful. as impactful as Terminator 2, for instance. Yeah, the story, the people don't give enough oomph. And I think that might be where it falls off as but, the director. But in conclusion on this movie, Terminator Genesis, I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed it. Like, we might sort of say, like, we oh, there's, there was a lot of uh, wishy-washy, just average stuff in it. But overall, as a Terminator thing... It did all the things for me. The Terminator music comes on, you know, da -dun, da -dun, da -dun. Arnold says, I'll be back. Um, it does the naked people appearing in an alley. You know, the things I think of with the Terminator. You've got the Robert Patrick character running with his knives out. It did almost everything I wanted it to do as a Terminator movie. Um... I enjoyed the time travel aspect, going to these different, very distinct 1984, was it? And 2015? No, 17. What year was it? 17. 2017. Yeah, because when he was driving, I was like, oh, that music's from the future. We, we don't know what that music is, because he was listening to some music in the car. I liked how it went to those times... I think it could have done more with with that, you know, like what like when when they go to the eighties in this movie via time travel, <laughs> they really keep it very contained. There's a couple of people in some eighties outfits, and you, then you don't really see anybody else. So I would have liked more of hey hey look we're actually in the eighties. Hey look we're actually in the future a little bit, which they didn't really play with that much aside from the main characters being somewhere else. It was almost like they're just in another room rather than another time. You know? So what did you think in oh. conclusion of this movie? I've said it like three times. I had a good time. That was fun. Looks great. It's just not got a lot of mm to it. And the story's a little bit confusing. But it's fun. It's a fun action, you know, shoot em up knocking through a wall kind of movie. You think it uh, stands in the, like James Cameron seems to believe, stands in the Terminator thing as the third Terminator movie? Not for me. For me, it actually does. Um, I really thought it was kind of clever in parts. I was like, oh, that's what they're doing. So um, that's Terminator Genesis. Uh, you can pick that one up now. It's from our friends at Paramount. And if you want to enter a contest, we have a few going at the moment. Just go to aceclue.com. You can win something. Next week's review, our Blu-ray review, is Pan, which is the latest telling of Peter Pan. We'll be looking at that next week. And movie recommendations, what are we going for this week? I am going for, based on time travel, Edge of Tomorrow, my favourite time travel movie, I think. Aside from Groundhog Day. Is that a time travel movie? Groundhog Day? No. It's a looping of time movie. I mean, it is a time... There's some time manipulation going on in, in that movie. So I discount that. Say, let, let's say that's not a time travel movie. Edge of Tomorrow, which is a movie from last year, 
with Tom Cruise, which is amazing. It's like this awesome... It's another Groundhog Day, though. It's a loop. It's a day loop. But um, it's very similar to Groundhog Day, but it's a sci-fi movie. The actual premise. Uh, so you should see that. Uh, and the other one is Doctor Who, because Doctor Who's in this movie. Not my favourite Doctor Who, though. Christopher Eccleston is my favourite Doctor Who. So watch the first season, 2005 Doctor Who. And yours are? Mine are Star Trek Next Generation because of the AI that is Data. He is a robot slash android, you know, AI. uh, Looks like a human, mostly. And is striving to be human. You know, he's one of the best, in my opinion. Obviously, I'm a Star Trek fan. And I think that they really, and there are a lot of storylines about Data, and a lot of them are around the idea of, you know, the whole, is it a person, is it somebody? Because they can learn. Yeah, yeah. How does it interact with, how you interact with the people around it and stuff. And I think that that's one of my favorite robot slash android movies, shows. And Wally, because there's another couple of robots and a world of robots running around. Well, I don't like the underlying theme that if you're a lazy, fat bastard, nobody's ever going to like you and the world's going to fall apart because of you. Because I think that's really rude. But I like that Wally and the robots, when they're all Evie. doing everything for everybody, I think that's kind of interesting. And it's kind of sweet. I like the first part of the movie way better than the rest of it. It's really good, the first 15 mm-hmm. minutes. Um, it's more than 15 minutes. It's like right. a silent movie. There's no speaking. He's just and doing it's all, his thing. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. Um, yeah, so that's our recommendations for this week. Games and Ace Scully stuff. I've been playing more of Dirt Rally. Um, I've had Dirt Rally for about a year. But yesterday or the day before, it it was in Steam Early Access, which means like about a year ago, I bought it before it was finished. And what happens with that? It's like Early Access, like Kickstarter. You uh, You fund it and then you get the game. And then you keep, you get the game as it's being updated over the months. So I've had it for like 12 months and it's just slowly being turned into this new dirt game. And finally, it's final now. You can buy it. It's not in early access anymore. Uh, so it, they gave it an update at the beginning of the week and they added like, like 10 new cars and a bunch of new tracks and a bunch of new stuff. So if you haven't bought it yet or you weren't in the early access, there's a new dirt game and uh, it's on PC only. And it is coming to consoles in April next year, so keep a lookout for it if you want it on console. But I recommend the PC version. It's really, really a cool game. There was the Game Awards this week, and there was some things announced. Nothing terribly interesting, aside from there's a new Tron game coming out, which is, uh, there's a demo now on Steam you can get. It's like one of those endless runner games, which I think fits Tron quite well, where you're running down a track and you're avoiding things and you're throwing your disc... The aesthetic of Tron is enough for me to be into that game. Because it is amazing. I love Tron. I know you do. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Tron, it's called Tron slash R. And the R stands for runner. It's on Steam as a demo. It's coming out soon. The other thing that, that was announced is Telltale Games. Uh, the guys who make Walking Dead and Game of Thrones game. And what's the other one? Well, the make- Wolf one. The fairy tale. Wolf Amongst Us and the Minecraft game. They also make a, a, a story version of Minecraft. Their next game is going to be Batman. So they've got the franchise of Batman and they're doing a choose-your-own-adventure-style Batman game, which I think will be interesting because they always tell a good story. 
Um, the other thing is if you are a Destiny player like me, play a lot of Destiny, what they added this week, and you can go and play this now, and it's for three weeks only. It's like a Christmas event. And they've added the Sparrow Racing League. So if you you know if you play Destiny that you ride a sparrow around when you're shooting stuff, you can get from one place to another on this little bike. And this little bike's had no use really in the game aside from looking cool and you can jump on it and drive to your next mission. But now they've added the Sparrow Racing League where you race each other on the sparrows. It's really cool. It reminds me of Wipeout, if you remember Wipeout. It's uh, their hover bikes. They've made courses that you ride around. There's loot to get, so you get cool racing outfits if you win or if you you don't even have to win. It just randomly gives you some stuff after each race. Um, so that's the Sparrow Racing League in Destiny. It's only available until December the 28th, I believe, and then they'll take it out completely. Which, to me, I think Destiny should just have racing in it all the time. Like They should expand on that. Maybe they will. Maybe they're just seeing how it goes from this event. I really enjoy it. It's really cool. The other thing is I've been trying to get Star Wars tickets for like the last three weeks. Well, let's just tell like this. You, I came in and you said, I got us something. I got us something. It's here. It's here. You're pointing to the I said, happy fridge. Christmas to us. <laughs> and then go ahead and tell what it is. So um, I've been trying to get um, Force Awakens tickets. And if you have been trying to get Force Awakens tickets yourself, you probably realize how difficult it is to get them because it's sold out. All They did pre-sale which they don't normally do for movies. It's like a, a new thing that they're doing because Star Wars is going to be so big. And uh, it's just really hard to get a ticket. The earliest I could get a ticket was the 24th of January when I tried. And that was in our local cinema, which, what? I couldn't believe that our local cinema would be sold out every single show in until then. I mean, it doesn't seem like there's that enough people to do that here. But apparently it, it did. Or maybe they're just lying to try and get you to get tickets. Anyway... <laughs> I put my name on on Fandango. You can put your name on a waiting list. And if anybody cancels tickets, they will email you. And you have six minutes to get the ticket. You get the email. And once you click the link, you've got six minutes to make the transaction. Otherwise, they'll offer them to the next person. So luckily, I was sat there and I saw an email. It says Fandango. And I looked. It's like Jefferson City, where you live, has tickets on December the 23rd. For the 3.30 p.m. showing. I was like, well, yeah. So I went on really quick. And I, I almost missed out, I think. Because six minutes isn't that long when you're filling all the stuff in. So I got tickets. So we're going to go and see it on December the 23rd. And we will talk about it on this podcast. So well, yeah. uh, Force Awakens, I am excited. I've been excited for how many years? Like two years when they first like mentioned it. And then when they mentioned it, and I was like, oh, there's going to be a new Star Wars movie. And then they kept, then they were like, hey, Mark Hamill's going to be in it. Uh, Harrison Ford. And I was like, oh, my God, i got to see the Star Wars movie. So we're going to see this for Christmas. So, Sid Talk, what's for dinner? Tonight will be sandwich and some soup and some vegetables. Very sounds, basic. Sounds really delicious, though. When I might pop some cool... popcorn feed you, since you love popcorn so oh, much. I hate popcorn. And that's it. Nothing and extraordinary. Your advice, advice... You know what? I don't know if I have advice. Your advice, today. actually, is the letter B. <laughs> That's good advice. <laughs> That's what it says B. on the thing. And who who's got that, who was given that advice from her own mental mind the other day from a show we saw? Don't think. You can think or you can be, but you can't do both. Or think or do, or one of those, one of those 
What phrases. was this one? Peggy? Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't think about the person I want to be. I have to be the person I want to be. And then she stabs yeah, that guy. exactly. Awesome. So I'm just, that's good advice. Just be. And uh, my advice. I can't for- think of anything new. Well, I. People are probably like, oh, so I've listened to this whole show just for your Well, the advice, advice is to watch the show Fargo FX. <laughs> my advice is just be. And I had a good lunch with my friend today who's having transitional in her life. And she said it to me before and other people have said it to me before that what they do like about me, there's little bits and pieces you can like about me, is that I actually... We all have a, a, t- a percentage of how much we care about what other people think about us, Right. And there's a sliding scale there. I really don't give a shit. It's very, very small, my percentage. There's an element of like, I'm not just going to walk up to somebody and say something horrible to them and then walk away and be all like proud of myself. But I actually don't care a lot of times. Not that I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, but what they think of me in return. You know, I don't worry much about it. I don't. I don't think I could keep up with a facade of any kind or any kind of fakeness for any extended period of time because I forget shit and I'll forget what I was supposed to be acting like with this person or that person. So I'm kind of an open book. And I don't care. I will walk around town like I did today with my little green lime, well, you call them neon green socks and my plastic fake clogs and my rolled up black pants and my unmatching top and my crappy hair. Don't care. Don't care. And I've, if people know that I don't believe in a God and I do like our President Obama, but I don't necessarily agree with everything Republican or with everything the Democratic Party says, and I don't dislike all the Republican candidates, and I have a specific view about abortion and the death penalty, that doesn't always fit. But I'll say it if you ask me. I don't care about what you think about me. I just sort of am. So that's part of being, isn't it? You just be what you are. In the context of how you can, I'm not saying that if you have a horrible, terrible spouse and then the next thing comes just out of your that. mouth might just, <laughs> well, no, that, that in order to maintain your own safety or your children's safety, that you do have to play a certain game with this person. I understand that fully from my whole, from my life. I get it, not from you, but in the past. I'm not saying that you just all of a sudden decide to be like, screw it, I don't care. I'm, you know, I'm just saying in general, just be. Who you are. How you are. All right. Good advice. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> so I want to remind you about our website, sayscully.com and sidso.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast on stitcher.com. Search for After the Show. Or go to the iTunes Music Store. You can find it there. You can actually find it on most podcast services because I make sure we submit it to it. You can find it on Microsoft. You can go to the RSS feed, aschoolie.com slash podcast. You can just listen there if you like. You can email feedback to me at aschoolie.com. Don't email SidTalk. She doesn't want your email in. And uh, stay classy and we'll be back. Oh, my God. Think for yourself, people. Someone will do it for you.